On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks defeated the Ottawa Senators 6-3 on Saturday night, led by a vintage performance from Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Then, I'll also get into both defenseman Connor Murphy and forward Tyler Johnson being placed in concussion protocol. A very scary situation for Murphy on Saturday night as he was forced to be stretchered off the ice in Ottawa. Then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, March 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you haven't gone and followed the show already, please be sure to go and some go and show some support. Give the podcast a follow. It'll literally take a quick click of the button. It'll help me out tremendously. Go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing as well. And you can also leave me a review if you want. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of this episode, then definitely go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Each and every episode from here on out, folks, is going to be posted on YouTube. So if you haven't done so already, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks. Again, it'll only take a quick second. It'll help me out tremendously. Go and smash the like button as well. And be sure to turn on those push notifications so you can be notified exactly when the episode is loaded, uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. First and foremost, I do apologize for not getting the episode uh, out until a little later in the afternoon today, a little bit later than I usually like to upload some episodes. Um, but for those of you who can't tell, my voice isn't exactly in the best condition. I uh, lost my voice over the weekend. It was the St. Patrick's Day Parade down in Chicago. Uh, it was also my birthday on Friday night. So I had myself a little bit of a weekend. So please bear with me through the raspiness of my voice here today. I'm going to be drinking lots of agua throughout the course of the show. Um, but let's get into all of the latest news regarding our Chicago Blackhawks from the last couple of days. But before I get into the episode, I got to remind you that the show today is sponsored by Bet Online, which is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and Vegas casino games here in 2022. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, to open things up today, folks, let's start off by uh, getting into the Chicago Blackhawks 6 3 victory on Saturday night over the Ottawa Senators. And how about this, folks? A comeback win for the Chicago Blackhawks, just the fifth time this season that they've won a game in which they didn't score the opening goal of the contest. Um, and the funny part about this, too, is the first period from the Blackhawks against a lowly Senators team really was not very good at all. 
Uh, and of course, I think a large part of that was due to the hit that Connor Murphy took just a couple of minutes in, uh, takes a scary hit along the boards from Ottawa Senators forward Parker Kelly. Um, and Murphy was, was down on the ice, not moving, uh, a really scary scene there, and eventually was forced to be stretchered off. Um, we did see Murphy flash a thumbs up to the crowd before he, he left the ice. Um, but just a, another real scary moment for the Chicago Blackhawks this season. It's so unfortunate how many of these incidents we've already had to deal with. Uh, Jujar Kara against the New York Rangers back in the winter. There was also former Blackhawk Tanner Caro, uh, who, who got kind of blindsided by Brett Connolly and was forced to be stretched off the ice as well. And now Connor Murphy, so three stretcher incidents for the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Man, uh, just just some really scary stuff. And I, and I definitely felt like the Blackhawks, you could tell they were a little bit rattled um, right after that situation happened. And I mean, that that's definitely understandable with what they just witnessed to one of their leaders and one of their favorite teammates. Um, and, and also, even at practice this morning, Jake McCabe was kind of asked about that situation. Uh, and he said that it was extremely difficult to try and just focus on hockey after that happened to Murphy. And uh, that was pretty clear from the Blackhawks play the rest of the way in that first period during the five minute power play that they got from uh, Kelly's hit, which by the way, um, I definitely don't think it was a good hit. And he made, you know, he, he beelined from the blue line in to make that hit on Murphy. I think it was definitely uh, a bit unnecessary, but I will say Murphy did kind of turn his board, turn his back to the play and tried to change shot, change sides. Um, that's probably not something you'd recommend doing along the boards is going and placing your back like that when you're about to take a hit. So I definitely didn't think it was a good hit by Kelly, or I definitely thought it was not a good hit by Kelly, I guess I should say. Um, but I also thought that Murphy didn't really do himself any favors in that situation in particular. Um, but during that five minute power play that the Hawks got, Ottawa goes on to score a shorthanded goal, kind of a, a bad turnover by Brandon Hagel as the Hawks enter. Uh, and then the Sens cash in Formanton opens the scoring on a two-on-one. And then really throughout the rest of the period, the Blackhawks didn't have a whole lot going. Um, I think they only finished with six six shots on goal in the opening 20 minutes. And also Thomas Shabbat went on to double the Senators' lead to two to nothing heading into the uh, first intermission. But the rest of the way for the Blackhawks, they really – responded well on the road to go and pick up a, a victory for good old number five. And who else but the captain, Jonathan Taze, to be the one to get them back in. It's nice to see uh, Taser have one of his best offense, probably his best offensive game of the season, honestly. Um, after also getting into a fight during the first period, probably not the smartest idea from Taser. Uh, since he just recently returned from being in concussion protocol, but it was pretty clear the, the captain had some extra pep in his step. He had some life, uh, and, and he had really had his game going on Saturday night. Scored two goals in the opening three minutes of that second period to tie up the score, uh, and both of which, of course, were primary assisted from his good buddy, number 88, Patrick Kane. What do I got to say about Patrick Kane that you guys already don't know? Basically nothing. He's absolutely on fire right now, and I'll have a little bit more on him just a little bit later in the show. Um, but good to see Taser and Kane connect there. Pretty cool moment that they connected for two goals in the opening couple minutes to nod up the score two to two. Uh, the Hawks went on to add two more goals in that second period as well. Caleb Jones 
scored with a nice shot off the post and in. Uh, and then my boy, top six, Sam Lafferty, scored his uh, third goal of the season and just continues really to make the most of his opportunities here in Chicago at this point. You know, I, I don't know what more he has to done in or has to do in order to get re-signed by Kyle Davidson in the offseason. I mean, the intensity, the speed, the, the willingness to sacrifice his body both along the boards and hits and uh, blocking some shots as well. I mean, Sam Lafferty has definitely earned another contract with the Chicago Blackhawks with his play so far here uh, since being acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so that led a, a four-goal second period from the Blackhawks to vault them ahead. Nick Paul did score for the Senators to make this a, a one-goal game heading into the second intermission, but those final 20 minutes from the Blackhawks uh, were pretty darn magnificent, honestly. Uh, not only did Caleb Jones go on to score his second goal of the game and now giving him more goals than his older brother Seth on the season, which Seth has talked about a bunch lately. He hasn't scored yet in 2022. He hasn't scored since way back in December. Still stuck on three goals for the season. He's Said it's just been frustrating the hell out of him. And hey, it's frustrating the hell out of me too, buddy. Seth, we we need you to find the back a little back of the net a little bit more. Blackhawks are uh still without a power play goal from their defensive on the season. Actually, some mind-blowing stuff. Um, but not only did Caleb go on to score a second goal of the game, Dylan Strom also added an insurance goal with a beautiful redirect. But the Blackhawks, more importantly, they just really took control of the game. They didn't even give the Senators any opportunity to get themselves back into this one. Uh, they held the Senators to three shots on goal in the final 20 minutes of the game and only 13 total in the final 40 minutes. So uh, after a pretty poor first period from the Hawks, uh, they responded really well, a great effort the rest of the way in order to secure that win for Connor Murphy and also uh, Tyler Johnson, too, who I'll get into a little bit, was forced to exit this game. But a big comeback victory for the Blackhawks. They get the job done, winning 6-3 to up in Ottawa over the weekend. All right, there are my thoughts on the Hawks putting together a comeback victory against the Senators on Saturday night. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into all the latest updates out of Blackhawks this morning, including uh, a quick update on Connor Murphy and Tyler, uh, Connor Murphy and Tyler Johnson, plus Patrick Kane getting named the NHL's number one star of the week. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product. With just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start, to start your day. AG1 uh, Athletic Greens, they just sent me their new AG1 product to try. I had it literally yesterday um, before I, I uh, sat back and watched golf all day long and it had my energy going. I really felt great. I honestly wanted to go and play 18 myself. So I definitely recommend checking out this new product. Uh, this special blend of ingredients, it'll support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus and aging. It basically does everything. And Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 per day, but now Athletic Greens, they were made aware of how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. So AG1 costs less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in your health and your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs 
with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment two now on the show today. I'm actually going to take a quick sip of water because I can feel my, feel my throat getting a little dry. <sighs> Pardon me. But getting into segment two now, folks, I also definitely had to be sure to get into all of the latest out of Blackhawks practice this morning at Fifth Third Arena. And the first thing I wanted to mention, I had to provide a quick update on both Connor Murphy and Tyler Johnson. And I already touched on uh, the, the scary incident that Murphy went through on Saturday night, taking that hit from Parker Kelly into the boards just a few minutes in. Well, Tyler Johnson also kind of had a scary moment of his own on Saturday as well, as he was hit in the back of the head by a dump-in attempt from teammate Dominic Kubali. Come on, Kubi. You're hurting us both with your play, and now you're taking away some of your teammates. What are you doing, bud? We can't ship you out fast enough. But in all seriousness, you know, with, with Johnson and everything that he's gone through now, he's going into concussion protocol. Um, after just getting back from neck surgery, he literally played just six games since missing the last four months after becoming the second NHL player to ever undergo ADR disc replacement surgery after Jack Eichel. So, man, you got to feel for Tyler Johnson here. It's just bad break after bad break after bad break for him this season. Um, And, you know, he he had to be feeling good finally being able to rejoin his teammates and uh, getting back into some game reps. He also said that the surgery that he went through has allowed him to sleep on his stomach for the first time in four years. So um, it's tough that, you know, after finally getting his neck and uh, his back healthy and everything, here's just another injury that he has to deal with. At the moment, we don't really have much of an update on either Johnson or Murphy. Um, King said they're both kind of day-to-day at this point, which is, of course, very vague. Um, but you just got to think that the Hawks, there's no reason for them to be rushing either guy back at this point in the season. So uh, just kind of got to hope for the best at this point for Tyler Johnson and hope it is actually a day-to-day injury and he'll be back for uh, be back with the team sometime rather soon. And Murphy, as I just said, kind of find, finds himself in that same boat right now. Derek King said he's day-to-day. Um, but one thing that is worth noting is that according to Jake McCabe, he said that Murphy uh, was at the rink today while the guys were practicing. So uh, it's at least kind of a good sign that, you know, Murphy's able to be moving around um, out kind of publicly, you know, and just with concussions and severe ones, you hear kind of stories about how even like sunlight or any light in general can really affect, give them headaches and such. It really, that's kind of the depression side of getting a concussion is sometimes you can be trapped in a room all by yourself. You can't turn on the lights. All this light is affecting you. Um, so to hear uh, Murphy at least being able to attend practice, even though he obviously wasn't on the ice, neither was Tyler Johnson. I think that kind of goes without say. Uh, but for Murphy to to be there, I think that's at least you got to take it as a good sign, right? Um, at least he can be around his teammates and hopefully is in uh, the best spirits as possible right now. And kind of just like Johnson, got to hope for the best out of Murph. And hopefully this will uh, not be the last time we see him on the ice this season. One other quick update that I wanted to provide from 
uh, earlier this morning. This one is a little bit more on the positive side, folks. But Patrick Kane was named the NHL Star of the Week earlier today, tallying a whopping 10 points in his three games played. One goal and nine assists in the last three games for Patrick Kane. I mean, truly just some baffling stuff out of number 88. Uh, And thanks to that three-point effort he put together on Saturday night up in Ottawa, Kaner is now 12th in the NHL in points this season with 68. And he also has 21 points in his last nine games. I mean, just simply unbelievable. Um, Like a fine wine, Patty Kane always gets better with age. People thought this was going to be a down season for him, and uh, he's just responded in the biggest way possible to keep proving people wrong keep proving he's the best American of all time and keep proving that he's not going to slow down, even though he's starting to get into his upper thirties. So um, just, just um, there's nothing, like I said, that I could say that is going to come as a surprise about Patrick Kane. You guys already know how good of a player he is. If you watch him on a nightly basis, truly just a special talent, even at his age. Um, And also another stat for those of you who didn't listen to the episode on Friday, when doing some research on Kaner and this incredible run that he's been on, going back to January 24th, Patrick Kane has scored a point in every game for the Blackhawks. The only ones that he have he hasn't, there's four of them. All four, the Chicago Blackhawks have been shut out. So basically, each and every time the Hawks record at least one goal, Patrick Kane is base is somehow finding a way to to uh, be involved in it. So. Um, congratulations to Kaner again. I mean, just an incredible run that he's been on. Hopefully it's not stopping anytime soon because it's been so fun to watch him. And really with the Blackhawks having this disastrous season, uh, Patrick Kane is probably the only reason a lot of people are tuning in right now. So, uh, incredible stuff from 88. Once again, hopefully he can keep it going and congrats to Patrick Kane for being named the NHL's number one star of the week, carrying the offense once again. All right, there are the latest updates out of Blackhawks practice this morning. Coming up in just a moment, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for both NBA basketball and college hoops, which of course is reaching March Madness. From game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just basketball. From the NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game begins. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you'll actually have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond? or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Either way you choose, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, 
dry, waxy, or even just tastes like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word in all caps, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, and you'll be able to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three now today, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from at Andrew Padgett on Twitter. Hope I didn't butcher that last name, Andrew. Sorry. I did. I appreciate all the support. Please don't unfollow me because I may not have got that right. Um, But anyways, Andrew asked me over the weekend, any surprises in trades and will the Hawks acquire any bad contracts in order to help get some more picks slash players? Well, I certainly hope they will. uh, Given the position they're in, they need to be doing everything in their power to be getting as much future assets as possible, whether that's even a a low-level prospect or a mid-round pick. You got to be thinking about the future. That's got to be priority number one. So if I was Kyle Davidson, I'd be all in favor for taking on bad contracts in order to get a little bit more. Honestly, when I was thinking about this question before the show, I feel like that's probably more so going to happen in the trades that the Blackhawks are already going to make, if that makes sense. Like, for example, in a trade for Marc-Andre Fleury, I think the Blackhawks may be willing to take on a a bad contract from someone in order to make sure they get that first round pick. Or uh, if they do wind up trading Dominic Kubelik, like a lot of people think, maybe the Blackhawks take on a bad contract from one of the teams that are rumored to be interested in him, like Anaheim, uh, Edmonton's always been involved in the rumors. I think Nashville was part of them as well. So that's where I think the situation makes a little bit more sense for the Blackhawks um, to be taking on a bad deal in order to to get a little bit better assets in return. I don't think they're going to be just outright taking on bad contracts from other teams because while they aren't in a terrible situation in terms of the salary cap, they don't want to be pushing it in in order. They want to make sure they have all the room to make everything work with who they need to move right now. So I don't know exactly how that's going to go, um, but I I do believe that Kyle Davidson is fully committed to the future. He knows this is going to be a process. It's not something they're they're looking to do a la Stan Bowman mode and turn it around on the fly. No, they, they know they got a long road ahead of them. So I've liked what I've heard Kyle Davidson say about this whole process for the most part. And um, I, I fully do believe deep down that uh, he is going to be trying to do those kinds of things in order to maximize the future returns that he'll be getting at the trade deadline. Um, any surprises in trades? One name who I think could be interesting. I don't know if they want to go this route because uh, Flurry's future is so much up in the air and uh, Arvid Soderblom is very young as a pro. But Kevin Lankinen is someone who doesn't have a contract for next year right now. He's, let's call a spade a spade here. He's had a pretty down sophomore season. I believe he's allowed uh, more than three goals in 11 of his 14 starts this season and really hasn't looked all that good since the first. 30 games or so of the COVID shortened season last year. So 
if the Blackhawks are having any concerns about Lankinen being the guy in net going forward, I do think that he's someone uh, that, you know, if the offer is good enough, the Blackhawks may not hesitate to move and could just be giving Arvid Soderblom and Colin Delia a whole lot of starts down the stretch here. Uh, that would make things a little bit more open for the Blackhawks in terms of who will be their starting goaltender next year. I don't know if they want to go that route, um, but I was interested to hear in the last couple of days that Kevin Lankinen's name has been brought up. So I am curious if the Blackhawks are trying to move him or um, if they're just kind of seeing what the market is for him at this point. And if they get a good enough offer, then maybe they'll go that route. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's any real surprises. You know, Dylan Strom's been talked about so much. Dominic Kubelik's been talked about a much a, a ton. I've talked a lot on the show about Calvin DeHaan and Ryan Carpenter. Um, maybe Eric Gustafson gets moved, but I feel like the market for him is probably not even a sixth. So maybe the Blackhawks want to have him as a utility, although there's not really any reason to do that when the season's lost. So maybe Gustafson goes, maybe Henrik Borgstrom. Uh, but other than that, I think those are probably that group right there that most folks know. I think those are uh, the ones that are definitely the most likely to get traded by the Blackhawks. I don't think we're going to see all that many surprises here. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from Robert Bronson, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend. Robert, thank you for reaching out and emailing in your question. I greatly appreciate it. Robert asked me, if you had to pick one defenseman prospect for the Blackhawks to become a staple of the defense in the future, who would it be and why? Well, that's a good question, Robert. Um, Kind of a boring answer, but I do think Ian Mitchell still has the highest ceiling and the best chance to be, be a legit NHL defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks down the road. I know it's kind of discouraging that he hasn't been called up basically at all this season. I think he's played less than 10 games and only two or three really since November. Um, but I don't think that should be a cause for a concern. We actually also, good timing on this question, Robert, because Derek King was asked about the defenseman prospect this morning at practice as well, uh, in particular about why guys like Jakob Galvis, um, Alec Regula, and Isaac Phillips have been getting call-ups over Ian Mitchell, Wyatt Kalanuck, and Nicholas Bodan. And a very interesting response from Derek King followed that by saying, well, because they haven't been very good. and then. He did backtrack and say Mitchell actually has been pretty good. So more so sounds like he's calling out former first-round pick Nicholas Bodan and Wyatt Kalanuck as well. Uh, for Bodan, it's been an atrocious season for him down in Rockford. I just checked before the show. I think I got my numbers right. But in 48 games so far this season, Nicholas Bodan has nine points at the AHL level. He is really getting into bus territory. It's kind of scary, honestly. Uh, Kalanuck has five goals and 10 assists for 15 points in a little less than 40 games. So um, maybe not what we were hoping out of him so far down in Rockford in his um, first real full NHL season. Um, but I'm not nearly as concerned about Kalanuck as I am about Bodan. But for Mitchell, he has been the best defenseman for Rockford this season by all accounts from the games I've watched, a couple sources that I trust that follow the Ice Hogs. Mitchell has far and wide been their best defenseman. And I do think next year uh, he's probably going to be an NHL regular for the Blackhawks. And I don't mind this patient approach that the organization has gone with because we saw way too many defensemen get rushed up. Even Mitchell himself probably shouldn't have been in the NHL last year. We've saw that happen with Adam Boquist. We saw that happen with Henry Yokiharu. We've seen it happen time and time again. Davidson says, nah, we're not going to do that. 
We're going to let Ian Mitchell relax, play a full AHL season, play meaningful minutes, meaningful situations for them. And I definitely think that's the right, right approach. So I do think Ian Mitchell, yes, has the highest ceiling still with his offensive game. And if he figures it out defensively, I, I really think he's going to be a, a staple of the Blackhawks blue line in the future. But other than uh, going with Mitchell, someone who does intrigue me, I, I really think Alec Regula has a, a good mix of size, puck moving ability, and offensive game, which we've seen a little bit of on the second power play unit for the Blackhawks when he's been called up. Um, I think he still has more to offer than a lot of people realize. It's my personal feeling on Regula. I've been high on him for like three years now. So I really do hope to see him get more and more and more opportunities down the stretch of the season. Jakob Galvis, of course, is another interesting one. Doesn't really do anything great, but he's pretty darn good at everything. He's got a very solid, well-rounded game. And that there's a niche for that at the NHL. I mean, if you can provide the team with a little bit of everything, Jakob Galvis could be a, an asset on the third defensive pairing one day. His ceiling kind of makes me think. That's why I lean more towards Mitchell because I, I think, the, the, like with the offensive side of his game, there's so much more room for him to grow than there is for Galvis. Like I feel like Galvis can round out his game a little bit more, but I don't know how much better he's going to get. For Ian Mitchell, I think he can get a lot better as time goes on because of uh, the way he plays the game. So if I had to go with one defenseman who I would pick to be a staple on defense in the future, as boring as it is, I am going to go uh, with Ian Mitchell, former second round pick of the Hawks several years back. All right, folks, I think that will wrap up Monday, March 14th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.